Saturday. Wisconsin football, first time since 2016 going out to East Lansing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love this from our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Remember at the beginning of the year when everybody thought we'd be, not be favored in this game? Yeah. <laughs> and then you remember, like, five games into this season, we thought we wouldn't be favored in this game? Well, uh, yes. Well, and now they're favored. Check this out, though. Uh, our Zach Heilprin, our sports director, had this article. Badgers expecting FU energy from former UW running back Jalen Berger when they face him uh, in Michigan State on Saturday. Braylon Allen uh, took 10 seconds or less than 10 seconds to answer this question. Uh, the reporter said, obviously, you're not going to be facing him. But what are you expecting from Jalen Berger this weekend? Braylon Allen, quote, I expect him to get shut down. I don't said with a small grin. Like honestly, this team didn't like Jalen Berger. That's the vibe I get. Um, also, I think he was kicked off the team. If I remember correctly, right, right? But I think nothing to prove this. Say it. Saeed Khalif, when he left, told Jalen Berger to be a problem. Whoa! Stir it up, RJ. How yes. else? How else do you explain it? A guy who is. One of the reasons you said you made it, the recruiting coordinator, you went to a school for the recruiting coordinator. That's ridiculous. Four star player, huge recruit for the Badgers in high school in the 2020 class. But you miss meetings. You don't answer texts or phone calls from your coaches. You don't. But let like you came there because of the great running back tradition. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you're. Recruiting coordinator leaves June 1st, and then you start becoming a problem. Mm. Like, it doesn't make sense. It is I, don't know. I feel like there were some red flags that a lot of people probably looked over because he was such a talented running back and the stars that were on his recruiting profile. Because if you remember, he was a guy that, A, didn't like to work out. Right. Oh, yep, B, yep wasn't a big go-getter at practice. Like, those are two things that Red you would Red think Red of Red. when you th- when you think of a Wisconsin football program and team. You're getting a lot of gritty guys. You're getting a lot of hard workers. You're getting, a, you know, that kind of profile. Yeah. That wasn't his profile. His profile was super good athlete, super good running back, kind of lazy, kind of doesn't like to work out, kind of doesn't like all the other things except for playing the game. Yeah. But really, all that stuff wasn't so, coming out till he got to camp. No, but it's an interesting idea, RJ. But I, I do like th- but I do think, say well, he... They had a relationship together. Say from your right. angle... Like the Michigan State. ...that but, he actually was close with Saeed Khalif, and yeah. that's the reason why he went. I could see where if the kid was motivated to come in and play by a recruiting coordinator, I don't give a damn if it was the recruiting coordinator or if it was the head coach, if somebody motivated him enough to go to Wisconsin and play there and he goes, yeah, you know, I'm going to start coming to practice. I'm going to start working out hard. But then that guy that motivated him to come there leaves and he's like, well, you know, I really didn't like Wisconsin that much. I, maybe I like something at this campus a little more, but I like this guy a lot. If, if that was the reason I could see where he goes, well, I don't. The guy that I like here is gone. Well, I don't really want to go to practice. I never really hey, liked practice. I don't like lifting weights. I really am going to show up when I want to. I could see that attitude coming out. Yeah. So I mean, it shouldn't. Well, but. Burger. So Burger and the Spartans. It shouldn't. But I. You can see that. It's that you can't tell me that there's not kids with that you oh, coach in high absolutely. school that wouldn't do the exact same thing. Probably. Yeah. So uh, the start of the season, Michigan State got two wins, and it was against nobodies. It was Western Michigan and Akron. And in those games, Jalen Berger, what, back-to-back 100-yard games, scored four touchdowns. But Michigan State's now lost four in a row. 
Uh, the running game's fallen off with Berger. Just got 81 yards in those games, averaging 2.6 yards per carry. As a team, the Spartans have managed 48.3 yards in Big Ten play. Them and Rutgers are the only teams without a win in the Big Ten. Well, yeah. remember at the beginning of the year they when stink. we were kind of going through the going through the schedule, and I actually thought Wisconsin would be a lot better than what they currently are. I think everyone did. But right. remember we were talking about that <laughs> Michigan State team, and I thought that that would probably be a win for Wisconsin. And the reason was... I think Mel Tucker has come in and he's done a pretty good job, but D'Antonio left him high and dry with staying through the recruiting period to collect his big time check for still being employed at that time of the year that was in his contract. So he got a late jump his first year of recruiting with Michigan State. And then you had all the, it was also all the COVID stuff. So like R just talked about Wisconsin, you can't have on site recruiting. You can't, all this other stuff. He was already put behind the eight ball. And I said, I thought he was still probably like two years away. Like I thought they would be better, not this bad. But again, I didn't think that they would be able to compete with a Wisconsin, with a Michigan, with a Penn state, with an Ohio state. They they would probably be the team that was beating on paper like the Indianas, the Northwesterns, kind of that lower rung. Sure. And they would probably be closer to middle of the road when it was all said and done out of the 14 teams in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. But you, you throw on all of those things, which I still believe to be true, and then you throw on all the injuries. Yeah. They had That's really... a ton of injuries. So it was a team that I, I really do think was middle of the road. And then you just carve up their defense with injuries. And, and the offense poof. hasn't necessarily played as well as they thought. That's not a good team. No. Uh, well, Keanu Benton yesterday also about Jalen Berger. Uh, said his motivation is going to be intense. No doubt about it. I think he's to come out here to try and run the hardest he has this year. Uh, usually how it goes when you transfer to somewhere else, when you play the team, you want to play your heart out to basically have a big F you moment to like the opposing Nikia team. Like Watson. Yeah. And Nikia Watson, <laughs> what do you get? Two tutties? He's got 30... Four yards. If that's the FU moment uh, for Nakia Watson. Well, they won. Hey, he got, he scored as many points as the Badgers. I could have scored as many points as the Badgers if they gave me 10 carries from the one yard line. Nardi, you found, you found Nakia Watson's over on on yardage against the Badgers. Mm -hmm. Can you find Jalen Berger? Let me go look. Rowdy's going to go look. We got news of the weird coming up. Our guy, Todd, Todd Varney. What's up, brother? Lombardi's Bar Podcast. Good stuff. Listening. He said, uh, let's see here. My sources are telling me Michigan State is also looking at Deacon Hill in the transfer portal. They love our, they love our scraps. Hey, let me Deacon a big arm. Well, and the other one is, is the immediately when he got to Michigan State, everybody gushed over him being a huge program guy and how he bought in. Yeah. Well, he's got a relationship with Saeed Khalif. There you go. I love your little conspiracy theory. That's nice, Andre. And Todd, you want a little two chains? Hey, Todd, two chains, four bla- uh, two chains, four bracelets. Let me see that <coughs> clap, standing ovation. No lines out yet. Ah, ah, four ah. props. Red flags. Ever good. Red flags. One for head coach Matt Lefleur of the Green Bay Packers. Boys, I'm still trying to come to the grips of not scoring any points in the second half against the Giants. At the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium there in London. That was uh, that was pretty tough. A lot of throwing the ball, not enough running the ball. But here's this. Uh, what do we know about Matt LaFleur? 
He can't uh, adjust, right? Is that one thing we know, Rowdy? RJ, you can't adjust. If he tries to make adjustments, they never work. Adapt or die. Uh, and he seems to, seems to just want to die instead of adapt. Yeah. And then also, uh, Matt LaFleur, if his game plan doesn't work right away, they just get pounded. But also this. Head coach Matt LaFleur, when he plays against his buddies, never really bodes too well. Kyle Shanahan, remember that? Niners? How many times did the Niners just pound the Packers? Most of the time. And Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur were what? Best buds, right? And then there's this cat, Robert Sala. Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets. Who's the next Packers opponent? Uh, the, Jets. the Jets. At Lambeau Field. Robert Sala talking about Matt LaFleur. Take a listen. It's the same. You know, like, um, I mean, he was, he was, he was in our, he was in my wedding. I was in his wedding and, uh, we were roommates together. He's, um, now he's he's the ultimate in terms of how close he and I are, and uh, um, but it's the same thing. It's I love him, uh, but it's game week, and and when when the game kicks off on Sunday, it's all about the Jets. Now remember, he was back, best man in his wedding. Yeah, remember back in those Forty Nine er days where the Packers were getting completely beat up on, like in the twenty nineteen. Yep. Robert Sala was the defensive coordinator for San Francisco that absolutely shut down Matt LaFleur (laughs) and his offense. Now that, that also coincided with Kyle Shanahan, obviously being the head coach, but Sala's there. But since Sala has moved on to the New York jets, yes, Kyle Shanahan has still done pretty well against Matt LaFleur, but his most dominating seasons against LaFleur was with Sala as the DC Mm -hmm. now to play devil's advocate and to throw some positives out there for Matt LaFleur, I will say this. The team that they had in 2019 that played those San Francisco teams that were really good, the San Francisco team that made it to the Super Bowl and probably should have beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, Mm -hmm. that team wasn't nearly as physical, and the defense wasn't nearly as good as what it should be and what it has been on paper this season. Hey, am I am I no, right you're right. on that? No, you're one? right. You're right. Like because we know the defensive line has added pieces. We know that the inside linebacker position has added better players, more physical players. We know that their secondary overall is better. So yes, I think it's not a team that's going to get bullied as much like they did a couple of years, two three years ago. But yes, and we hardly even mentioned that um, Matt Lafleur's younger brother. I was just going to say that. Here's the other red flag. Mike LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's brother, is the offensive coordinator of the New York Jets. So Matt LaFleur never does good against his buddies. He's got Robert Sala. The, he's the best man in his wedding, best friend. They love each other. Love him. He's coaching. And his brother, Mike LaFleur, is the Jets' offensive coordinator. Matt LaFleur has got to be just crapping himself over this game. Now, I'm not. I'm more, <laughs> I flag, more flag, worried about the Rabas, or Raba, the Robert Sala angle than I am the Mike LaFleur angle. Cause think about it this way. <laughs> think about it this way. Let's look at it. If you have a little brother, you never let them beat you at anything. No, you always, you you always, always rub their face in it. Yep. Also say you're out in the, in the driveway playing your little brother in basketball and say, he's starting to get a little taller than you. Maybe, you or maybe he, Sorry, maybe he starts to be yeah. a little bit more athletic than you. I, I got little brothers. I can attend, attend, I can vouch for all of this. So, 
You, if you have a couple... I should be one speaking about you this. Have a couple have a little brother. Tri- you have a couple little tricks, though, right? Yeah. You don't teach him those because you need to use those to continue to rub yeah, his called, face in It's it. called physical violence. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing with this. You think Matt LaFleur is teaching his little brother everything he knows? No. No, he's well, teaching, here's that, what, here's what he's I teaching him almost everything he knows because he still wants to beat his ass. As the guy in the room that has two little brothers in here, I, that's what, I would beat some ass out uh. there. If I saw Mike or Nick ever like in the you know playing some hoops in the in the driveway, if they were getting a little wow. close to winning, there'd be a hip check, there'd be a little elbow, a little shoulder going on. It's like you ain't beating me, dude. Even the, the state champ, you could do that too. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, you ain't beating me. It's called physicality. He doesn't understand when the the elbow flies, a little forearm <laughs> shiver. Yeah, it's called calling your own no, fouls. No blood, no foul. It's called calling your own fouls. And you're the older brother, you get away with a lot of things. <laughs> Like, no, sorry. But that's why I'm not that I'm not that scared of, of Mike Lafleur. I feel like yeah, he's probably been in meetings. He's probably worked with his brother. They've went over things. But I feel like Matt always has that in the back of his mind. Being the older brother, he's not going to share everything with him. He'll help him out quite a bit. But you still want to beat him. Now Robert Sala, on the other hand, he's that D coordinator. He's that guy that's in the meetings when they used to work together, and they're picking each other's brain a hundred percent because they're trying to. They're both trying to win games together. Catch both of these. And they're both trying to learn as much as they can about the 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 opposite, right? Like the offense versus the defense. Yep. I'm more scared of the Robert Sala than the LaFleur angle. Uh, the, the whole, the, literally, they're both in each other's weddings. Matt LaFleur always crumples against his friends. Remember, they were, also, they were also car parkers together for, uh, for um, uh, Kelly. Brian and, Kelly. Yeah, Brian Kelly. When was that? Central Michigan? Yeah. Uh, was it Central? I think so. Or was no, it, no, no. It was uh, Saginaw State or wherever they were. He had to go park cars. because like, they went to Centrum. He's like, come to my party, and they thought they were invited. Turns out they were invited just to be valets. <laughs> Matt Lafleur on the podium, and we were talking about this a little earlier. Red flags. He never does well against uh, his buddies, like uh, Kyle Shanahan, uh, Robert Sala when he was with the Niners, and now Robert Sala is head coach of the New York Jets for his second year. And guess who else is on the Jet staff? Matt LaFleur's brother, Mike LaFleur, is the offensive coordinator. I'm a little nervous of this game just because track record of LaFleur is he does not do well against his friends. He was in the wedding, best man for Robert Sala. Uh, they always tell about how much they love each other. And obviously his, his brother's there, but Rowdy, as you suggested, it's the little brother for Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur, the offensive coordinator. So you can bully him around. But the question is, will Robert Sala bully Matt LaFleur? How worried are you, or are you worried at all for the Packers in this game? Which is more likely, the Badgers cover that seven, seven and a half points against Sparty, or the pa- or the Packers cover the seven points against the Jets? I think it's, it's well, yeah, right now, pa- the Packers are currently seven-point favorites against the Jets, and the Badgers are seven and a half point favorites. I'd be more confident in the Badgers, weirdly enough to say, probably not what I would have said two weeks ago. Yeah. But... I feel like something that we didn't mention yet. Yeah, you know, you can talk about Robert Sala versus um, Matt LaFleur. You can bring in the Mike LaFleur angle, I guess. We can talk about their history against each other and how close they are, blah, 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 blah. Zach Wilson's prowess for Cougars. But I think one thing that we haven't talked about at all was the, the trends for playing in London is it normally affects you once you get back more than it actually affects you when you're playing in that game so in London. It also doesn't bode well for the Packers. Correct. That's another thing going against Green Bay here. But I will argue this to be devil's advocate. If you think about, I actually don't think that's going to have as much of a, you know, maybe a weighted 
issue for the Green Bay Packers because they lost the game. Wouldn't you think if they won the game against the New York Jets or the New York Giants, you're kind of fat and happy? Yeah. You you got another win in London. You, you kind of had your little touristy thing. You where had your Aaron fish Rogers, and chips and you ate them too. Yeah, he went to the soccer game. Yeah, you, you tried your fish and chips. You kind of did some things, saw some stuff. Won had a, a couple drinks, game. saw a couple things. Then you fly back and you're like, well, you know. We're four and one yes, right the now. Jets, they stay. We have the Jets coming in. They, you know, they're not necessarily the best team. I, I feel like they would they would be more complacent, and that would affect them more had they won the game. Now but now you have to bounce pissed. back. You're three and two. You lose again. You're three and three. Yeah, I, I feel like that's not going to be as big of an impact as I would have thought it would have been had they won the game ho-hum against the Giants. But you look at this Jets team. Let's let's actually look at what this team has done. They got smoked by Baltimore week one. They had the luck of all luck against the Cleveland Browns, a game in which the Cleveland Browns had a 99.99% chance of winning but we know that Kareem Hunt didn't go or he, yeah, he didn't scored. stay in bounds and Nick Chubb scored. Nick Chubb scored. He did apologize for scoring. The game was basically over and first time in 21 years that they came back down whatever it was in two minutes. That's a very improbable win. Yes. And then they got beat up by Cincinnati. You would think that they should probably be 0-3. Mm-hmm. They found a way to beat the Steelers, a Steeler team, which if they were probably playing Kenny Pickett that entire game. I mean, Pickett threw three picks. They should have probably won that game. Yeah. If if they don't well, turn the football over the way that they did. Trubisky had a pick and pick it at three picks. Exactly. Four turnovers and they only won that game by four points. Uh-huh. And then they the played they played Miami, which was a less than a touchdown game into the fourth quarter with a third string quarterback. Skyler Thompson. I know that they really, really laid it on in the fourth quarter but they scored a ton of points in that fourth quarter. That game for three quarters was extremely close with a third string quarterback. Yeah. That's not all that impressive. No. And Zach Wilson obviously wasn't there for the first three games. Then he came back in that win against the Steelers and then poured it on against the Dolphins. Look at the Green Bay Packers on the flip side. I still believe that they did not try to win the football game against the Minnesota Vikings. They were using it as a fourth preseason game. They were feeling out the game, seeing what they could and could not do on defense seeing what they could do on offense. Again, I almost just take that game and throw it out. Yeah. They beat up on the bears where they played about one good quarter. They beat, they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where the defense played well. And the offense was pretty decent again for one quarter. Yeah. They beat the new England Patriots in an ugly game, even though again, they played good for like one quarter. Yeah. Defense was nice. And they should they should have beaten the New York Giants, but they scored two points in the second half, two points in which were given to them at the safety at the end of the game. <laughs> the this Green Bay Packers team hasn't necessarily played well like we've talked about. They've played one, maybe two quarters well in a game all season. Yet on paper they should probably be four and one. They should yeah. have won that game against the Giants. Yep. It hasn't been pretty, but they've been playing this way the entire year and finding ways to win more than they lose. Yeah, and you think they the gel J- a little more. The Jets have been extremely lucky. I, I wish we could pull up like a stat where, because you know they have analytics for this, teams that are like the most luckiest teams in the NFL due to like turnovers and everything. Yeah. I would have to imagine that the Jets being 3-2, and two, they would have to be one of the luckier teams. 
Uh, I'll, I'll find NFL. There's NFL luck, rankings, and ratings. I'll find it quick. But first, uh, line one. Good morning. Who's this before break? Yellow. Here, kitty, 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 kitty. Well, well, well. If it isn't Dave from Anona. I smell, before I get to my cowboy, I do smell a pigeon in the room there. I will get to the. Oh, I, the, the you sure not cat, smelling yourself? Your stinky ass? Kitty cat, the kitty cat smells a pigeon when it comes to the Badgers in Illinois. But as far as Green Bay, every, Ben did the same thing. Stop making excuses for jet lag and they get tired and. Teams are more. These are million dollar athletes with million dollar healthcare, million dollar doctors, million dollar facilities. It has nothing to do with the health. It has nothing to do with jet lag. People are just laying. It's well, not it had to do with the want and the desire and the passion to win, and, Dave. I mean, I mean, Ben did the same thing. Well, you know, they, they came back and the next game affects. No, it doesn't. They were back on Monday. The body clocks are normal because of you know, the whole world in healthcare. I mean, come on, people, stop with the excuses. As far as luck, on luck. You don't get luck. You create luck. Real and men make their own luck. Billy Zane, right. Titanic. Real men make their luck. But, you know, but hey, what you know, Nelson's generation, they have their hand out, and that's what they wish for. They wish for luck, lollipops, and limousines. The three L's. I mean, that, that's, uh, <laughs> Grant, that's Grant. That's Grant, Neil, and Zach and Adele's, and all those little ass, other ass clowns. <laughs> but now to the other reason, I, I, you know, the little kitty, 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 kitty. Kitty, 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 kitty. Yeah, we got Michigan State on Saturday, Dave. No, no, no. Illinois, I smell a pigeon. Um, I think the guy sitting next to you thinks the lock of the, the lock of the day. By the way, yeah, you, you know why Nelson loses all the time? I figured out. He's, uh, hey, by the uh, way, he's undefeated in Major League Baseball playoffs. But, yeah, but you know why he's like 40%? Because he bets all road teams. The guy claims to be the expert, but he bets all road teams. And he did it again for Saturday. I think he's- So once again, I'm going to win another, a free lunch. Because I challenged Evil I mean, Nelson, yeah, I'm getting Illinois plus three and a half at home against Minnesota. Also, you think Brett so, Bielema is going to shock the world and beat the well, Gophers at home? Of course he is. Because as soon as I heard Nelson taking another road team, I'm going here, kitty, kitty, kitty. I'm, you know, this is like this is like pigeon food for the, you know for the kitty, kitty. <laughs> Dave, here's the thing, Dave. I'll take that bet. I've already it, it, a lot of money has already come in on Minnesota, so it must be a lot more people than just me that likes uh, Mini in this game. And for you, I don't want to hear any excuses when you lose, like blame, blame, blaming Matt LePay like you did in 2020. We're making the bet though five days in advance, not ten minutes before. That's true. Hey, you, know. you were the one that initiated. I just took your money like a little baby. Little well, would you, you rest your laurels on one game for three years ago? I mean, somebody, <laughs> somebody, somebody's got to ask me. Well, you, that's just the one you cry about all the time. Hey, Dave, question for you. We don't have yeah. to mention that I took five of six before you won a couple. Who who would get hmm, – who eats more plates in an all-you-can-eat buffet? You or Brett Bielema? Except that who, what was your you cut out. You cut out. Who eats more plates? No, you or no. Brett Bielema? No, no. See what Nelson does. Nelson does it smart because he doesn't bring small amounts. He just stacks that son bitch up like five feet high. Yeah, it's called so the it's, it's called the mountain. That's why I yeah. don't have to go back and forth six exactly. times for both of us. So you it's, finally, it's the mountain. And finally, for those people who are actually eating those cheese curd burgers at Culver, those cheese curds. The Culver's is the best burger in town, but the cheese curds those are nasty. People, you're eating that stuff as hard as a rock. They're small, 
And you're no, no, no. The, the, the Carter Burger, it's like a big, it's like a big patty of cheese. It's like a big patty. Oh, it's a patty. Okay, I thought it was actually which the is worse. Yeah, it's actually not good. So. I mean, ugh, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna try. Is that this is one day, or is that all? How long is that going for? I think it's just today. So until they run out. Yeah. Well, that sucks. You're lucky, Nelson. You didn't owe me lunch today. Hey, Dave, here's a, here's a quote from you from the movie Titanic. Hmm. A real man makes his own luck, Archie. Billy Zane, Titanic. Real men make their own luck, Dave. That's right. And I, and I was a violinist. I went down with the ship. <laughs> Nelson's, generation, Nelson's generation would have jumped off with the women and children. <laughs> See you, Dave. Hey, See you, buddy. Dave, I'm going to roll that ball all over the field on Saturday. Oh, it's headed back to Minnesota. Look at that, Dave. I think he's gone. Yep, yep. There you go. It's like a fart in the wind. He's gone. The wizard. But the stench still sticks around. Yep. It's he's a smelly man, isn't he? We still got his hat in here too. What real man makes his own luck? What's the one down over there? The Cubs one. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, we Cubs should, World Series. We should burn that. We should burn that. Oh, life is a game of luck. Hmm. A real man makes his own luck. There you go. There you go. That's for you, Dave. Yeah, line three. Good morning. What's up, boys? Hey, Polly. What's going on? Yeah, not much. Um, just um, a, cu- a couple, a couple things. Hey, real quick, are you ready to be like, like set football back ages tomorrow? What are you talking about? Thursday night football: the Chicago Bears versus the Washington Commanders. People are going to, want to gouge their eyes out watching this putrid display of football. I guess we'll see. Um, I'll no, take the Bears I was, though. I so I wanted to ask because yeah. these lines move all the time. I know that, but. I got I got Michigan State at plus six and a half like a few days ago, and now it's well, it opened at it opened at four and a half. Yeah, it opened at four and a half, Paulie, and it instantly got bet up to like six and a half, and now even today it's uh, seven seven and a half. Wisconsin's favored. Well, <laughs> I, the way I see it, um, neither of them are good. Um, Michigan State's probably a little worse, but they got to go to Michigan State. First time in a while since 2016. Yeah, I, I I feel like I feel like Michigan State can. I mean, I don't think they'll, they're bad. They have. They, I mean, them and Rutgers have one thing in common. They're both winless in the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I think I think they'll lose by less than you know. I don't know. That's why six I and a half. That's why you took it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. makes sense to me. Uh, hey, Paul, uh, I do like your Wolverines, though. Yeah, stop betting on them. Because <laughs> I'll bet on the Packers every week. Damn, homie. Four years ago against the Dodgers, you were the man, homie. I miss Joe Buck. He's got hair plugs. I really miss Joe Buck. I love Joe Buck. He doesn't call baseball anymore. I know. I love him, though. I I miss him a lot. All I'm going to say is once Woodruff hit that that home run and they tied it up, game one, NLCS, I actually thought, oh, my gosh, this team could go to the World Series. Same. I was all in. I'm like, Brewers, World Series bound, Woody off of Kershaw, Yanks won, let's go. What inning was that? The sec- second or third? Uh, the bottom third. Oh, I was going to say, maybe someone should have pulled the starter. So he's not giving up a homers <laughs> to the starter. So, I mean, that was the most I've ever felt confident the Brewers going to the World Series. 
was right then and there. Off of Clayton Kershaw, Dodgers, eventually they go seven, and we all know what happens. Brewers lose. Uh, Dodgers did not win it that year, by the way. So, Rowdy, we uh, that was it. Like, this is the beginning of the Brewers window, right? Like, World Series, let's go. Well, then what happened? Well, then you have the guy, the general manager named David Stearns, that uh, he always talks about the window, and I agree with him. You look at the window. The window probably opened a little early in 2018, Never. earlier than expected. I'm going to drink of this apple quick. But... That window with how you're going to play it with the rosters and the contracts, you're not going to hold all these guys all the way through their RB years because you're going to move on from them and trade them so you could get something back. So that window would be closed after 2023. 2024 is when all those guys would be on the last deal of, of, of their, or the last year of their deals, and you're going to want to get rid of them before then. So, yes, next season in my opinion, is probably the very end of this window with this set of players. And they punted on the season in 2022, one of the years in which they were in first place at the trade deadline. They punted on a year within this window. So at the trade deadline, what were they uh, four and a half games up in the Cardinals? Yes, and earlier that week it was five. And then David Stearns, uh, out of nowhere, decides to... Trade away Josh Hader for basically nothing. Can you get? I still can't get over the fact. What in the best relief pitcher in the game at the trade deadline? Looking back on it, what did David Stearns get in return for Josh Hader? He got two prospects that are currently two top ten prospects. That's a that's a lottery. That's like rolling the dice, though. He has about an average arm in Taylor Rogers in the bullpen, and then he got. uh, Denelson Lamette, who legend had some had some very good upside and has had some past success, but had been on the struggle bus for a couple of years, and you were hoping that you could get something out of him. Now Rogers was done at the end of the year, so that was a rental. Lamette still had next season under contract, and then again the two prospects. But please, but they, they DFA'd Lamette. The DFA Lamette. They DFA'd him. Taylor Rogers is done. Well, remember why they DFA'd him? It was because of Trevor Rosenthal. Who stinks? He's hurt. And it was it was it was because of Trevor Rosenthal and it was because of Jake McGee. Remember, those were the two that well, they were talking with San Francisco, but Jake McGee was the guy that they had picked up from the Giants that was actually a pretty serviceable closer, uh, not this last season twenty twenty two, but in twenty twenty one with the Giants, but he just didn't have it. And I actually like that move. It was like a buy extremely low. Maybe you get that guy back to what he was. It didn't pan out that way. But remember, they held on to him for like another couple days and then DFA Lamette. And then two days later, decided to DFA McGee when it's like, yeah. dude, you already saw him a handful of times. How did you not know to make that decision? So we got two prospects for Josh Hader. Essentially. And then a rental of Rogers. Who stunk? Who was awful. Well done, David Stearns. Well, just play. Well done. Here's his comments. What he has to say. This is David Stearns yesterday at the podium doing like the you know kind of year wrap of the Brewers. He was asked about the hater trade. Take a listen. We don't get we don't get two overs um, in, in this position. Um, you know, lo- looking back, I remain very excited about the young talent we have in the organization. I also recognize that we went into a trade deadline um, in playoff position. And we didn't make the playoffs. Um, and when that happens, you have to look back 
um, and say, what more could we have done? What different oh my could we have done? Oh my God. Um, the hater trade had uh, clearly had an impact on the team. Um, it, it had a, a, a more pronounced impact um, than I thought it would at the time. Um, and the surrounding moves didn't adequately, um, didn't adequately fortify the team in Josh's absence. Take two weeks off, then quit. I just, when you listen to him talk, it's like, what reality were you operating in when you were going to take one of the two best players on this team? One of the two players that I thought maybe you would extend a long term because they just were that good. Josh Hader and Corbin Burns. You took one of them and traded them away. That's like you could go alone in Euchre, but he instead passes it off to someone you else to give a call. You think you would skip a beat from arguably trading away one of the best closers in baseball and arguably one of the two best players on your team and replace them with Taylor Rogers, Stinks. who was awful, and then you thought that you would make that up by bringing in Matt Bush, Stinks. Trevor Rosenthal, Stinks. Trevor Rosenthal never pitched or was healthy. If this was like six years ago, it'd be cool. Taylor Rogers was god-awful, and I liked the Matt Bush deal. He threw the ball well in Texas. That just didn't quite work out. He didn't throw the ball at the same level he did for the Rangers, but you'll have that. But you thought that those three combined would become one of the best closers in baseball and help your bullpen out? You already knew that your bullpen was beat up almost the entire year. This guy is talking to you, and when I say you, I mean the Brewers fan base. The Royal like your you. IQ is the- below 70. <laughs> and you don't want to be below there. Just just want to say the average IQ is 90 to 100. <laughs> He's talking to you like he thinks you're stupid. Yeah. And you'll come back for the $6 vouchers like the Ben Kennys of the world like to celebrate. <laughs> Whoa, let's <laughs> let's relax there, buddy. That's, that's called that's called ricochet, man. That's, Come on, now. you're getting strays today. Yeah, that's yeah, I don't deserve these drive. Hey, hey, the Phillies won yesterday. Okay, you're good. They did. You know, you'll but get a, you'll get some how, buckshot today. You're fine. That's okay. Do you really believe him that he thought that this? In what universe? would you trade away the best thing that you have, one of the best things in the game, that you thought it wouldn't be a negative effect? So you could have starters go later in games and not need them. Yeah, but his but manager doesn't do that. You're right. <laughs> and the other thing is like, you really, you really thought that this was going to improve your team trading one of the two best players away. You really thought that you could replace them with multiple relievers that if we really want to get into it, Rogers being, be like Rogers being average at best and getting absolutely shelled since May. Let's say you have a mechanic. Well, and you have a car. Trevor Rosenthal hasn't been good since I was in college. Let's let's say David Stearns is your mechanic, and he's like, you know what's a good idea for your car? If we take off your uh, your front left wheel and we put the spare on instead, the little rubber tire. That's a good idea. That's what he did to the Brewers. Yeah, but we'll put new windshield wipers on it. <laughs> hey, we're gonna all three tires will be the same, but your front left that's gonna be the little donut. That's the little spare we're gonna put on it. But hey, here's some new windshield wipers. That's that's what he did. Oh, and we just cleaned your windows. Thank you. I could have got a homeless guy to do it for a buck on the streets. I need my windows cleaned. 
Well, like, just go to one of the corners around the stoplights. There's here. no way he actually thought that he was improving there. the team. There's zero way he actually thought that this was going to improve the team. And you didn't think that this would send shockwaves to the rest of the team like I don't know, the Corbin Burns of the world, the Brandon Woodruffs of the world, the Eric Lowers or the Devin Williams, these guys that they want to win. You didn't think that that was going to throw them a curveball and say, wow, on the surface, it doesn't look like we're trying to win here. Hey, but uh, again, Ben, what do they give us at the end of the year? Vouchers. Vouchers. And Rowdy X-Golf. What hey, more could you want? X, listen, all jokes aside. What more I, could you want? X golf's pretty lit. Hey, there's one on the east side. I know. Right by the, the P club, Pizza Club. Imagine having an X golf in a baseball stadium. You don't even have to watch the team when you go, Nelson. You could just go hit golf balls. I think that's the point of having X golf because they know where the yeah. Brewers are going. Or, or as yeah. some conspiracy theorists have brought up, it's also maybe why Freddie Peralta was dealing with shoulder tightness. Oh, you you saying I was paid sporanic when she was there to Swing open up X golf? Club. Okay. Okay. How much do you think Paige Sporanic cost to so, uh, go? Promote? Well, she's an ex golf ambassador. Oh. <laughs> so I don't. Know. I'm sure the Brewers had to pay something, but it's probably a little bit under the table. She, she like the, works the for the parents' fee. She, Christian Yelich's brother was trying to swoop in. Did you, I don't know if you guys saw that. Yes. Oh yes. He's a real estate agent. You know what she told him? Maybe three years ago. He doesn't have quite the same pull when your brother sucks. Yeah. If he would have been MVP, then maybe he's got a little bit more pull. Yeah, Christian Yelich's brother. Like, oh, that's sorry. Oh, that would have went a lot farther in 19. <laughs> sorry to hear that. The, oh, by the way, David Stearns did talk about Christian Yelich on the podium yesterday. Did you see that? Did you see that? Don't care. He said he... A lot he, of good baseball ahead of him. A lot of good baseball ahead of him. Thinks he can do a lot better. I think he can do a lot better, too. But uh, guess what? We haven't seen it in three years, and I'm not going to hold my breath. Maybe he can give lessons at X-Golf. One of those golf ball whacker guys. What if the Packers got next golf? Well, Mark Murphy's always uh, expanding that title town district. He's got a sledding hill. Which is better, the sledding hill or X golf? Uh, sledding hill. X golf doesn't get us the pictures the sledding hill does. And sledding hill a lot cheaper than X golf. Yeah. No, a lot and, cheaper. And no, they, not, have, they have, they have well, top golf. That's there? the other thing. It's I think they have top like, golf there. It's not like Mark Murphy brought in a sledding hill and said, "Here, come to my sledding hill. Don't watch the Packers." Like, come to my sledding hill, kids. We don't need you to watch the Packers. <laughs> hey, kids. Whoa. I got a bunch of candy for you. Come to my sledding come hill. Come to my sledding hill. <laughs> no, when you're still going to the When you come down, Packer you can pet game. my puppy. You're still oh, going God. to the Packer game. It's not, hey, come to the Brewer game. By the way, we have, or sorry, come play X-Golf. By the way, there's going to be a crappy Brewer game going on They have you. a, they have a. Have you ever seen Taylor Rogers pitch kids? They have a, a top golf there, I think, at Titletown, so. Mark Murphy has his own X Golf, just the Top Golf version. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure. Hey kids, you like candy and puppies? Come sled down my hill. I'll show them to you. All right. <laughs> what? Like my van? <laughs> but I, I don't like Mark Murphy. I don't know if you know that. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. Oh boy! Oh boy! Drama in Major League Baseball. The playoffs, absolutely incredible. Wow, Rowdy. Uh, I know you were watching. I was watching some Major League Baseball playoffs last night. Uh, and oh, I should say yesterday afternoon into the night. There was a lot of drama going on. And uh, my favorite games, uh, you had it, the Phillies winning in the uh, Razor's Edge, correct? Yep. And we had the Dodgers winning by at least two runs, which they won by two runs. Rowdy undefeated. Well, oh, Did you do wild card stuff? 
Uh, we did not. Undefeated Dave, in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Dave and I, what was that? Last Friday, we talked about one game that we both kind of liked, but didn't give it out as an official play, and that was the Mariners, if you remember, because we watched it at yes, Pooleys. Yes, 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 yes. That's the only other time we've mentioned playoff baseball uh, on the show. So, Rowdy, undefeated in Major League Baseball's playoffs so far, and last night especially was a wild one, man. Um uh, Lacrosse, Wisconsin, and the lacrosse surrounding area. You might have some explaining to do with uh, with one of your boys. We're gonna have to get to it momentarily. Uh, but first, Rowdy, the Phillies up big, six to one, um, early on in the game, and then the Braves started coming back big time in the ninth inning. But the Phillies hang on to win seven to six. That was a crazy one. How much were you were you watching that one? Were you dialed in at home? Yeah, that was the game. I watched the entire. Phillies Braves game. I watched probably two thirds of the Seattle Mariner Astro game. Did you watch the end of that? Yes. Yes, that's the best part. And then I watched probably a three, four innings of Yankees. Garrett Cole shaking out of some Guardians. Some nervousness. And that and by the way, did the, your home run hit? The Brewers would never do what they did with Garrett Cole last night. But I digress. And then, yeah, I think I watched the first inning or so of the Dodger game. No, I, yeah, I didn't watch the Dodgers Padres game. But uh, wow, the Mariners Astros game was that was if that, the emotion in that game was crazy. Imagine tagging Justin Verlander, the guy that's going to win AL Cy Young this year, for six runs and getting him out of the ball game, only to lose. Oh, in walk off fashion. It was unbelievable. Um, we'll have to talk about it coming up. But this is this is what the end sounded like uh, for uh, Alvarez here for the the Astros. Alvarez launches deep right field, and this one is gone. And the Astros walk him off in Game One. Jordan Alvarez. Jordan. Rowdy. That was crazy. That game was so nuts. Did you see the kid crying? The Astros, the kid crying, and the, the emotions got to him so much. He's bawling his eyes Dude, out. Dude, just think about the gut punch that you have to have if you're the Mariners. So the Mariners were the team that were the 5 seed coming into the AL. They beat the number 4 seeded Toronto Blue Jays in two games. Then they come in and have complete control against the number one seed, the best team in the AL. And I mean, at one point, up seven to three. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were up seven to three in going. By the way, going into the bottom of the eighth inning, you yeah. were up seven to three. Yeah, only to give up five runs the last two innings, and then obviously that walk off three run shot was the <sighs> game winner. That shot That's was a gut huge. punch. That shot was crazy. I wouldn't be surprised. If the Astros now go on to sweep Seattle. Because I was feeling, dude, I was feeling the Mariners. The Mariners had like a lot of bravado. They had like the cock of the walk. And by the way, it felt good to see the Seattle Mariners in there. It was like, it, I was thinking of the, the Supersonics too, you know, back in the day when the NBA had a team out there. But Rowdy, I'm, I'm watching this game and the Mariners were just vibing. They were just crushing it. And then it all came unraveling for them I mean, uh, at the end of the game. And Justin the, Verlander pitched four innings and gave up six, six runs. runs. If you told the Seattle Mariners that they would be able to chase Justin Verlander after four innings and have 10 hits and six runs on them, I think they would feel pretty good about their chances in that game. <laughs> Only yeah. to blow it in the last couple innings. That's a gut punch. I think they get swept now. I'm Dude, they totally look so like the air was let out of the balloon like, or it was popped. Wow. All right, so... 
we got to get I into think some of these I moves. think if they won that game, even if they would have held on and won seven to six, I think that that is like a that's a game on Seattle's here and they got the energy. Yeah, but that type of loss. That's backbreaker. Yeah. That's a and backbreaker. This is, and this Seattle team is a younger team. So, See how they react. So, Rowdy, what, their closer, Seawald, was in, right, doing his thing. And he, how did it work? He walked a batter, and then he, uh, quote-unquote, hit a batter. Oh, yeah, did he strike one out, too? Did you see him hit a batter? Never hit the batter, just like grazed his jersey, but they gave him the base. Well, that's it. That's getting or, hit. Yeah, that's true. And that grazed his jersey, took his base, and then um, the Seattle Mariners manager, he's already going to start a Ray warming up, so he comes in. He's never had a save before, and yeah, he's the, the one the that Robbie gave up. The Robbie Ray thing is, is kind of head-scratching. Why did you go with Robbie Ray? Robbie Ray is arguably going into the season was the Seattle Mariners' ace on their pitching yeah. staff. Well, Why did you warm him up, especially because you think about it? They already played two games yeah. to get into this round. Why are you going to burn an inning from one of your starters just to close the game? Like, I get you got to win that game. You, yeah. you 100% well, do. Like, he throws, look at all the strikes he has. He throws a lot of strikes. They want to get this one out. That was on the broadcast is what they said. But Seattle's got a really good bullpen. I mean, if yeah. you're not going to stick with Seawald, why wouldn't you go to somebody else? Like, I know that they used some of their other good setup men already. Like, they already used Munoz, Castillo brash but they have a really good bullpen i much w- rather would have elected to go to another arm in the bullpen outside of a starter that's put into a brand new situation and a guy that you're probably hoping to yeah. use not too far down the road would you would you have stuck with seawald or we would have kept going the closer or would i you- probably would have either stuck with seawald or uh, went to another arm in the bullpen robbie ray wouldn't have been on my mind well, robbie ray was warming up for a while so seawald's in there robbie ray's warming up while seawald's up there uh you know trying to get some guys out and then you know they go to robbie ray and they're like well this is a, he's never had a save in his career he's got a lot of strikes though uh he's going to attack you he's going to attack you and then he gets in and and Jordan Alvarez is up there, and you just heard it. I'll I'll play it again for you. Robbie Ray comes up, and it's this. Alvarez launches deep right field, Two guys on. And the Astros walk them off in game one. and totally break the backs of the Mariners. I mean that that home run rowdy was sick. That that was a freaking shot. I went and saw. Uh, let's see, you have to go get the uh, the tracker of it. That was a home run in every single ballpark in Major League Baseball. That Alvarez put that thing out of there. Let's see here. Exit velocity one hundred sixteen point seven miles per hour. A launch angle of twenty two degrees. The projected distance four hundred and thirty eight feet. That is a no. Doubter. Well, I just want to talk about one of the other games, too. So the game on right after the Seattle Mariners, Houston Astros was actually the Cleveland Guardians and the New York Yankees. And if you were watching that game, you would have saw that. Well, Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole was out there dealing. He was throwing pretty well. I mean, he went six and a third, gave up just four hits, one earned run, struck out eight. And the earned run was a solo shot. Mm -hmm. After he struck out. The, the last Yankee to end the sixth inning, he was at like 90, roughly 96, 98 pitches somewhere in there. If he was a Milwaukee brewer, his night would have been done. Sit down. And I don't <laughs> care that it's the playoffs. Look at how Craig council and the Milwaukee brewers have used their starting pitching just in 2021. Remember when they had the three horses? Yeah. Remember when they had Burns, Peralta and Woodruff all healthy? Yep. 
Yet, I believe two out of the three were pulled early in that Brave series. Yep. In 2021, obviously the Brewers lost the Brave series. Yep. <laughs> Garrett Cole at almost 100 pitches went back out there and started the sixth inning, recorded one out, and then once he got up over his 100 uh, pitch count, then they pulled him. <laughs> they used, They literally said, if you're 100 pitches is your pitch count, we're using every single one of your pitches. Because yeah, I think he had about five extra pitches that he threw in the next inning when he came out there, recorded the out, then they pulled him, went to the bullpen. Yeah. Craig Council and the Milwaukee Brewers would never. Would never. Would never. Even though they'd try and sell some of the suckers out there that they would do it, <laughs> which they did in 2021, and only the suckers believed them. Oh, yeah. Hey, speaking of suckers, Rowdy, um, I think a lot of us were treated like that yesterday. Uh, David Stern's a little more open and honest to a degree. LOL. I I, la- I saw we're some play, of the, we're the questions it. and everything that we're he gonna said. We're going to play some of them. I just laughed. I laughed because I go, who is so dumb that they believe you? We're going to play him coming up here um, because he said some things where you're like, okay, whatever, dude. And he said some other things where you're like, well, no, duh. So well, David Stern's addressed you know, the, you know, the media and – and fans yesterday, so we'll get to David Stearns uh, talking about you know the end of recap here for the Milwaukee Brewers. So we're not done with the Brewers yet, but all right, Major League Baseball playoffs were wild last night. Uh, if you watch the Mariners Astros game, uh, insane. I feel so bad for the Mariners; they're broken. Uh, I don't know, like you said, Rowdy. I don't know how they bounce back. And then looking around, some other scores: the Yankees four to one over the Cleveland Guardians. You know, Rowdy was just talking about that. Uh, Garrett Cole and the pitching staff. And then the end of the night, the Dodgers beat, they beat the Padres five to three. So there you go. There's a little, yeah, Dodgers up. were up five, nothing in that game. When I uh, called it a night, 300 runs gets you a little nervous when you have the Dodgers minus one and a half, but they did get it done. Yeah. And I mean, the only game that wasn't like in doubt, I guess was the Yankees guardians because the Phillies were up six to one. They ended up winning seven to six. The Strohs were up seven to three, or the Mariners were up seven to three. They lost to the Strohs eight to seven, and then the Dodgers, you said, were up five nothing, ended up winning five to three. Major League Baseball playoffs are exciting. I, I think you can look at every single playoff series and pr- pretty much every single game that's played so far in the Major League Baseball playoffs, and I really don't think there's been one snooze fest. Like no. even the Cleveland game where they won in fifteen innings in the first round. <laughs> if you watch that game. That was really good baseball. Like they were stealing bases. Guys were getting thrown out, you know, bunting. Like it was like small ball to a T and it went 15 innings because both pitching staffs were just on fire. There hasn't been one boring game so far. Major League Baseball playoffs rule. Um, They are so exciting. You hang on every pitch, every hit, every little move that a manager makes. It is so, so fun. I love me some Major League Baseball playoffs Benjamin how electric well by the way your Phillies hang on to win seven to six that was a good one yeah more importantly yeah well I didn't watch the Astros game we were on the air how electric are Major League Baseball's playoffs oh they're great I really forgot how one how much fun it is but number two how absolutely terrible it is to the health of your heart I don't think there's I said this to you this morning I don't think there's been one bad game uh, yeah, in the playoffs. In the play, I, I mean, I was asleep for the Dodgers game. Yeah, couldn't, I, I couldn't I, tell you what happened there. I was snoozing for that one. That was the only one without a lot of drama, right? I mean, there's a little drama, but I mean, the Phillies took care of business. The Braves. There's nothing. There's no bigger rally killer than a home run. The Braves had two men on with one out, down four runs in the ninth inning, 
it, and Matt Olson hits a three-run bomb to make it a one-run game. If he hits a double there, I think the Braves win the game. Now, I don't want to rain on Ben's parade, but I did enjoy the result yesterday. I, I also wouldn't have minded if the, the Braves had one by one run. But I will say this, watching that game, a lot of things could have went a lot differently in that game for the Braves and the Phillies because Ranger Suarez worked out of multiple innings where he had the bases loaded and got out of there. That's okay. Hey, he, he was walking. Still he okay. was walking you get the, the tightrope. He got the hey, outs. Garrett Cole was walking the tightrope for the Yankees last night. He got out of some jams. I I still like the Braves to win that series, but yes, I don't. I I mean, are you feeling team of destiny for the oh, Phils? I mean, so much is going on. You have Nick Castellanos making catches in right field, and that's another one that bailed him out of another potential hey, beginning. Hey. Makes a sliding diving catch, and he's. Ben knows it. He's not a defensive. Oh, he's terrible at defense. He literally hits home runs. I mean, again, if Matt Olson does not, if Matt Olson hits a double instead of a home run, the Braves win. There's no bigger rally killer than a home run. Okay, so last night for the Mariners Strohs game, uh, when Altuve struck out swinging, there was two outs. They they cut to this kid. This he's probably like eight years old in the stands. The emotions were so tense in that ballpark. He was bawling his eyes out, thinking that... And Rowdy, you were watching the game. It felt like the Astros were going to come up short of a rally. And like all of a sudden, the Mariners, who were fueling themselves all game up 7-3, to three, uh, now looking at a 7-5 to five lead, two-run two cushion. This kid, this Astro fan kid, is bawling his eyes out. Astro fans have shoes on their heads, their caps are flipped upside down. You could feel the nervous, t- tense uh, tension in the air. So Altuve strikes out swinging, and then Pena comes up, and he looks like, uh, what did uh, the announcer say? It's like, there's nothing worse than being the last guy up. And he looks like he's like a deer in the headlight. Well, he singled the center, which scored a run. And that's uh, a young kid. Love yeah. me some Jeremy Pena. Yeah, he's he's the guy that they actually believed in so much. They let Carlos Correa walk and go sign with the Twins. And obviously, Carlos Correa was one of the cornerstones on their World Series team. Pena is an extremely young player that they have a lot of confidence. So in. after Altuve struck out, it felt like it was destiny that the Strolls were going to lose. Because so Pena comes up there and he looks just nervous. Well, he gets a single to center. I think he's like twenty years old. He, he looks young as hell. He's young. So he gets a single to center, and they cut back to that kid. This kid that was crying is still bawling, but you could tell that he's like a little more inspired. He's kind of feeling a little bit. And then they make the pitching change. Ray comes in to pitch the starter, who's now turned closer for this one scenario. And then friggin' Alvarez just smangs that home, uh, no doubter, just a towering shot. And they cut back to that kid who's now jubilant, crying tears of joy. The whole, yeah. And then right then and there, and Rowdy feels the same way. The Mariners broken. They're done. I think oh, they get dead. swept. They're gonna get Stick swept. a fork in them. They're done. They'll play a home game. It'll be cool. That they, that home run broke the backs. If if of Castillo Mariners. can't get a big time stopper ace start for them, they're completely dead. Then they're done. They're cooked. Uh, Alvarez has big David Ortiz vibes in the playoffs. Totally big moments. Totally, you, you know what's gonna happen. Did that home? Did you see the highlight of it? That, yeah, that yeah, home I run was it. sick. After we got off air, it's cool. The Mariners are dead. Hey, listen, I imagine not winning game one on the road. Couldn't be me. <laughs> Couldn't be the Phils. Could, could not be me. Couldn't be the fight. Imagine Phils. facing a one nothing deficit. Rowdy, your Braves. I uh, Max Freed. <laughs> Max Fried. Can't pitch. I told you what was going to happen. I said that Ranger Suarez has had more success against the Braves than Freed has against the Phillies. Did I not say that? I, he, he I'm did. not doubting that, but your Braves have a, have a lot of stuff to figure out. 
Rowdy said he's a baseball enthusiast. Oh, enthusiast, so now so. we're hopping I, off them My favorite bad. team is whoever I have money on. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, how I'm about not this? a man that's chained down, Ben. Yeah, all right. <laughs> he's not shackled by fandom of a all certain right, fandom. All, you know, the when you put the all your poor... eggs into a Milwaukee Brewers basket, they're going to... You're going to... Yeah. You're gonna suffer heartbreak. I'm over this team. Speaking of the Brewers, boys. But real quick, did you see Ben the Guardians and the Yankees and Garrett Cole and what they did with Garrett Cole? Uh, no, I was watching it half on, half off. I was honestly just listening to Bob Costas while I was working out. So he was on one last night. He was talk, on one talking about dudes dying of tuberculosis from 1910. I actually have he was a going hot take it. about him, but I want to talk about this first. Love me some Bobby Costas. The New York Yankees and Garrett good. Cole in the bottom of the sixth inning. He or in the sixth inning, he works out of it, strikes out the last batter. I think he had like 96, 98 pitches through six innings. If he was a Milwaukee Brewer, his night would be over. Yanked. They bring him back to start the seventh inning. He hits his magical number of 100, finishes the batter, ends up going six and a third, and they brought him back just to pitch to that one batter to get them out till he hit his magical 100 pitches. The Brewers would never. Never. Let me, uh... I want to play something about the Brewers here. Yeah, what? And by the way, Bob Costas... probably came back to face a righty. I don't know. Okay, Bobby Costas quick. What about him? I don't want to do this. Very overrated. You don't like Bobby? Oh, Very overrated. No, they brought him back out, Nelson. He got Austin Hedges out, who's a right-handed hitter, can't really do much, and then he gives up a hit, and then they take him out. Yeah, and then he hit his magical 100. Well, no, they had the thing of if a runner gets on base, you're... The Brewers would never, ever right. even... Th- you know that's true. I thought you were a damn Braves fan. I thought we'd be talking about the Braves. You know I thought you were all in true. on them. You know that is true, that the Brewers would never do that. They would say, well, Corbin Burns, his elbow might be a little tired. He's almost got And you supported it all season, Ben. You supported the baby and the starting pitchers. You just want to do this today? You You support the baby and the starting pitchers. I talk about April. You supported it. Look at them. They're not in the playoffs because of it. And guess what? You talk about that in April, but did they do it in October (laughs) last year? No. Corbin Burns' elbow would still be sore. Freddie Peralta's shoulder. He might be tired. They were going to lose anyway. They couldn't hit. But I wanted at least to, to, to feel him in the playoffs. But you can't Here's tell a me perfect you have three example. horses and then you pitch them all like four right. innings each what's, game. What's your example? Here's a perfect example. Aaron Nola on the Phillies has been really bad Remember when in you September. called him a fraud this, like, early this I, year? I'm getting there. <laughs> he did. He's been really bad in September throughout his entire career. He's pitched the most innings in baseball in the last four or five years. He goes every fifth day. He goes seven and eight. And what they did this year is they started giving him more rest. They started pulling him a little early. They gave him an extra day at the All-Star break. They skipped a start or two. And this year, he was lights out down the end of the stretch because his arm was in great shape. He was strong. And since then, he's become Mr. October. Hey. No longer a fraud. He's going to knock down hey. Nelson's Braves. Hey. The way they managed him was remember, perfect. Remember every time Craig Council... No, no. I need, on, just, I, need to, I need to say something about Ben's argument on the Aaron Nola. This is the timeline of, of Ben's argument. Early in the season, April, May... I remember doing a bet where we bet against the Phillies and Aaron Nola. And he goes, yeah, Aaron Nola's a fraud. He's terrible, blah, blah, blah. Then I remember. He had a tough start. No, no, no. That no, was Joe that, Girardi's fault. 
then about mid to late summer, mid to late summer, they so hated Joe. He's arguing with Paulie on the Bill Michaels show, and he goes, "I don't know what you're talking about, Paulie. We have a Cy Young type candidate in Aaron Nola, <laughs> the guy that was literally a fraud two months ago. He is a Cy Young candidate from a couple oh, years ago. Man. Ben, I, I don't want to pile on. I or see nothing wrong. There's no piling on. The okay. Phillies won. Ben, Ben, all right. I'm not trying to knock you after your, your cloud here. But I don't care about this whole take the pitchers out. The Yankees won too. Every smart. every time, like you and Grant. Every time that, oh, that Craig would pull a pitcher who was dealing, like, well, it's just one game. Well, it's just one game. It's just one game. Ben, how many games add up for the Brewers then that missed the playoffs? I would at least want the chance to him in the playoffs to see Corbin Burns may or may not be fatigued because he let the go up an extra inning well, they in the regular season. The playoffs if they didn't trade their closer. Speaking of that. Speaking of that, let's just, I just want to bitch a little bit more well, about we, these playoffs. We'll do we this next bitch, segment. Well, you got the relief pitcher next segment. Ugh. Unbelievable. <laughs> what a sponsor. Oh, it's already six minutes. You, I, if Brody, when I have to listen you to these would, comments, I'm going to bitch Brody, for way if, more than six minutes. If I let Stearns. you, you'd bitch for like 24 hours straight. I think we got, what is, what's their max, what's their time limit they minimum have to hit? Five minutes? I don't know. Start the clock. Well, okay, we'll save it for nine. <laughs> 40. I can't wait for the Phillies to win again today. Here, let me I get, actually, so in. looking oh. at that game, I think it's lying correctly. I couldn't put a place a bet on it. Yeah. I think Kyle Wright slightly should be favored in that Big game. Big wheels. But tough man to tough man to touch. I just can't get You know I what just, else is funny? I just realized Grant and Ben, who completely about faced about pulling pitchers early. Like I the am end not of the about season. faced. That, that, remember, they're on filling in for the Bill Michael show. Remember that? And they're like, oh, I can't believe Council was pulling pitchers early. I don't blah, care. Blah, blah, blah. If, if remember I'm that? Going, remember that? We I laughed st- at it in the studio. I've always office. stood with. Because I was talking. They were pulling Brandon Woodruff. It's okay. You're a flip flopper. That's fine. I'm not a flip flopper. It's situationally dependent. <laughs> oh, my God. April it's just is one different game. than October. It's just one game. Evo. It's just one game. It's just one game. I How many games were over the, the Phillies over the Brewers? With, I don't give a damn one. what day of the month it is. <laughs> what? Because Hater blew the save to. <laughs> oh, it's just one game. It's one game. What right, part Josh of the season? Hader never I don't blew care. That save, you guys Brewers said it's just one game probably like 10 times. If you have a guy that's absolutely rolling, especially when he's one of your horses, I don't care if it's April 1st or if it's October 31st. If he feels fine and you're talking to him, let him go. You love winning World Series in April. You love that best 50 game start in franchise history. You've got to have history. a chance to win the World they Series apart. by winning games in April. No, you have a best chance <laughs> when your players are ben. playing well at the end of the season. How many times do you think they you were hurt all year? How they many times? playing well at the end of the year. How about at the end of the season in 2021? Took their foot off the gas pedal. Ben. They could have won 100 games. How many that times? Because they were taking pitchers out. It was because the team couldn't hit. How many it was times? So simple. How many times do you think you and Grant said it's just one game after pulling a pitcher early? Uh, once. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> It's not the reason they didn't make the playoffs. The managing of the pitching How many staff, games did they that's lose? That's the thing you want to focus on. How many games? They traded the closer. How many games did the Phillies beat the Brewers by to get to the playoffs? One. And you said, well, may- and you two. said maybe two of them pulled pitchers early. Okay. So then they would have been in the playoffs. Well, Josh Hader blew that save when he gave up those two home runs, and that was the difference. Well, yeah. By the way, David Stern done his comments yesterday about Josh Hader. Well, let me get a beer in Everyone me for say the- it with me. Vouchers. $6 vouchers, baby. Thank you. Because it's a bottle of water. I've never had such a bad taste in my mouth with a sports team than I do with this (laughs) Milwaukee Brewer team. And anytime I see anyone that's associated with this organization open their goddamn mouth. (laughs) Like, I actually actually see red. Vouchers. I see red when I see them talk. Bites of apple. Apple bites. (laughs) Apple bites. Vouchers. Vouchers. It's like, hey, I know we missed the playoffs, but here's a $6 voucher. 
Oh, and by the way, you can play X golf anytime you want. Oh, Here's a poster was, of Paige Sporanek. Could you imagine if they had Stearns doing his end of season press conference in the X golf range? That would have been incredible. <laughs> or if the end when he would have signed up, be like, oh, and by the way, the suites are open now for X golf. Come book him. Let's cut to Mark Adonazio, who's spending his off season in our beautiful new X golf studios. You think Mark. that clown could swing a golf club? I, I, he's spending his time doing something. Uh, yeah, buying five hundred thousand dollar tickets that you know Jackie Robinson games. I don't. I don't think I see players. I don't think I see some <laughs> talented great athlete from his past. He's like, hey, who wanted? Who wanted? Who wanted like an extra like fifty thousand dollars in arbitration? Was it Hauser? It was five hundred thousand dollars. But yes, it was Adrian Hauser. And he's he told like, him to get back. He's like, sorry, Adrian, we can't do that five hundred thousand dollars. I have a ticket stub to buy. <laughs> And I'm going to put it on one of my 15 homes that I go to like once a year. I'm going to put it on the wall there. I can't wait to have a beer and, oh yeah, by the way, and then talk about Stearns. We actually, we actually don't have <laughs> that much money that we can put into the organization, but I do have $180 million to put into this soccer team. <laughs> yeah, they're doomed for any playoff appearances, by the way. Was it Norwich? I think. Yeah, he bought a. Per- we did the math. He bought so much of a percentage like 12% of whatever stake. Whatever the soccer team was worth, it was like worth 180 million. Yeah, I just can't believe Nelson stepped off the Brewers to choose another team, and his new team is even worse. Can't even win. What do you mean they're in the playoffs? Still playing. Can't even win playoff games. <laughs> you'll come. Back, He's a baseball if they, enthusiast. If they spank the Phillies today. You'll come back crying and be like, "What a bullpen." Yeah. Is that the same voice? Yeah. Of? Knocking it. Team of Destiny. Is that the Corbin Burns Craig Council voice? <laughs> I don't know. David Robertson was good as a Yankee. Hey, hey, David question. Robertson's not Hey, playing. Ben, I don't want to get too far ahead here, but if the Phillies win the World Series, does Joe Girardi get a ring? He should. <laughs> you bet your ass he should. I haven't. He does get a ring. Yeah, he helped because, the team win. Because the jolt of firing his horrible. Watch my language here. The you can say whatever of, you want. The jolt of firing him was enough to propel this team forward. I want you to personally give Joe Girardi his ring. I will thank him. I want to do deeply. the play-by-play of the ceremony where they get their rings and Joe Girardi gets uh, walked out there and given a ring. Now they're going to go to him live on MLB Network the minute after they clinch the World <laughs> Series. Joe, how do you think they were able to do it? 